Today, we'll start with our business segment, The Ground Floor. Host Cynthia Schur visits with two businesses, a liquor store that wanted a local wine brand and the facility that could make it happen. Cynthia visits with Lori Osborne at the Beverage Barn in Bandon and Chris Graves at Namis with Namis Crush and Fermentation in Medford. This is Cynthia Schur with The Ground Floor, JPR's segment on entrepreneurial businesses in the state of Jefferson. All businesses begin because somebody has an idea. And then, in today's case, sometimes they have another idea. Today we have two guests, Lori Osborne, who's the owner of the Beverage Barn and Farm and Sea in Bandon, and Chris Graves, who's a winemaker at Namas Crush and Fermentation. Welcome, Lori and Chris. Happy to have you here. Thank um, you. Excited to be here. Thank you, too. I'm very excited as well. So, Lori, I understand you've been running your retail beverage business in Bandon for a couple of decades, and would you just describe the beverage barn for us so that the listening audience can picture your location? And, you know, I'm, I'm guessing a lot of the audience has been there, but it's a very unique space. So I've been in the, when I was 21, I was granted a liquor agency and I had an old store. Um, but about 10 years ago, I purchased a building on Highway 101 and I refurbished it. It used to be a pharmacy building and um, it's 4,000 square feet. Um, the best way I describe it is it's red and, bl- it's red and uh, white, like a, uh, a barn. Uh, it looks like Cabela's inside, and it's full of beverages. So that's pretty much uh, the best way to describe it. Great. So I understand from looking at your Facebook page that you really do sell all kinds of beverages, from coffee to Red Bull to wine, beer, and alcohol, and that you even have a drive through what, what can you get uh, at the beverage barn through the drive through so at the Beverage Barn to the drive-thru, you can get your tobacco products. Um, you can get that non-alcoholic beverage. And, of course, we have a full-on coffee barista um, location station as well. Smoothies, the works. You name it, you can get it. Uh, Italian sodas. Got it. So the reason we have both you and Chris on is because you've uh, created a private wine label. So what inspired you to do that? Yeah, so same thing with that Beverage Barn. About 10 years ago, the state of Oregon decided to open up Full Bev liquor agents, meaning that we can then carry uh, beer and wine. And truth be told, I had not drank wine since I was like, I think I was like 22 or 23 years of age, and I drank box wine. So being able to get into the wine business, I knew that I wanted to do something different than the grocery stores. So I put in a boutique wine section, uh, different wines throughout the state of Oregon and different regions as well. We have like Washington Highway, California Parkway. <clears throat> we have a bubble section. We have um, a Southern Hemisphere section, an Italian section. And so we, we wanted to uh, create some, a unique experience. And then I started drinking wine, and I knew I needed to learn about wine. And obviously everybody has different taste buds. So I had to figure out what I really liked and what to bring into the store. And I really, really focused on Oregon winemakers. That's predominantly what I wanted to do. And I loved making, I loved tasting the wine so much that I had this aha moment that what if I create a wine tailored to my hometown of Bandon, Oregon, but also make a cranberry wine because it didn't exist in Bandon anymore and help out and help out the local farmers. So that's kind of where it came from. And I knew that I wanted to make that juice at a sweet price point, and I wanted to offer something to the community at under $30. So, so how did you find three, Chris and Namas? How did you meet? Well, I'm actually friends with Mike and Laura Namas. I had another company in Bandon, and they have a home here, and I was I worked on their home, 
and we became friends uh, before even this wine uh, venture came about. They weren't even making wine at the time, about 10 years ago. How did you? How do you see the private label being important to your beverage business? Who does it attract that might be a different customer or um, a different segment that you fill? Well, it, it definitely attracts the tourists and the locals um, because the, the bottles are really, really pretty. They're photographs of Bandon. Face Rock, and on the back of Face Rock would be the legend of Face Rock, so the story, the Coquille River Lighthouse, um, and of course the history of the lighthouse. The cranberry uh, label I designed after uh, Sunamis, Mike's sister, who worked for the company forever, she corrects, she collects original fruit crate labels. So that label, I came up with a design off of an original fruit crate label that Sunamis had. And then most recently, we created a new wine in a support, and that has the original tug that brought all the lumber into the river here at the Coquille River, and it would take uh, it out back out to the ocean. So it's the original tugboat, and the story of that is on the back of that. So multi-purpose. You've got a history lesson, a geography lesson, as well as a beverage souvenir from Bandon in that in that offer in those offerings. Yeah, for sure. Not only um, do uh, tourists pick it up and locals, but like realtors give it out as gifts. Um, I have a couple restaurants that carry it. I choose one restaurant in every town usually, and the restaurant sells it, and then they give the bottles away to the customers that buy it when they're in the restaurant. So it's just it's just a great um, a great gift, and then it becomes whatever you want afterwards. It could become a vase. A lot of people make them into vases and stuff. Great. And Chris, tell us about your role in customizing the wine inside these beautiful bottles. Yeah, sure. Uh, so... I manage a, a winery that's actually called a Custom Crush Winery, and that's where we offer the service of making wine for people, for clients, like Lori. The Namas family uh, has their own brand as well, Namas Family Vineyards, that we make. And there are a number of clients that we make wines for, and one of the, the things that we pride ourselves in is we, uh, we work real closely with the clients. We sit down, we discuss what they like. They may bring wines from the market to the table that will uh, essentially try and mimic or or match similar styles. We work closely with a number of different growers, including the Namas family, who has over 100 acres of vineyards at this point. So we can pinpoint the exact blocks of grapes, the type of grapes, exactly where they're coming from, and create the styles of the wines that um, the clients are after. And most of us know, uh, most of us in Oregon know that Bandon grows a lot of cranberries. And, you know, I love cranberry juice, cranberry sauce, muffins, bread, and dried cranberries, but cranberry wine strikes me as really novel. Can you tell me a little bit about your, uh, your cranberry wine and how you do that? And how, how, is that so, how is that different from the grape-based wine that you make? Sure, yeah. No, it's, it's been an interesting experience for me as well. My background has mostly been in grape wine. Uh, with a little bit of beer and cider, some other fruit wines as well. But cranberry was a first for me when Lori approached us and wanted to tackle this project. We started with some small batches. We actually acquired some cranberry concentrate and made an effort to ferment that into wine. But I didn't really like the results, and we were tasting a lot of wines around the market, cranberry wine. It occurred to us that they were really um, grape-based wines that are flavored with 
cranberry, which has a very strong, um, you know, contribution to the flavor. And so we started going that direction and playing with some different wines um, like Riesling and Pinot Gris and things that do really well in Oregon and then uh, working on flavoring with the cranberry. And it took us a number of trials and attempts and we did uh, the first batch, which was very successful. And then we just bottled up our second batch uh, and doubled the amount just fall of last year. Well, I'm going to come back in a minute and ask you what it pairs well with. But for the moment, you're listening to The Ground Floor on Jefferson Public Radio. You can find us online at jeffexchange.org. I'm your host, Cynthia Schur, and I'm speaking with Lori Osborne, owner of The Beverage Barn in Bandon, and Chris Graves, winemaker at Namas Crush and Fermentation in Medford. So tell us more about that cranberry wine. Thanksgiving is coming up. What would you pair cranberry wine with? Lori, would you so, like yeah. to take this one? Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting. Um it's such an interesting uh, wine. It, we really didn't want to, I did not want to lose that, that cranberry flavor in there. So it is, it is tart. It is semi-sweet. I, I do uh, wine dinners all the time. I do uh, catering jobs all the time at our other business down on the waterfront called Farm and Sea. And it's mind-boggling to me. I mean, I'll have people drink the cranberry wine with seafood boil. And I say, oh, you sure you don't want to try this Pinot Gris or whatever? I mean, they absolutely love it. People will eat it with steak. They'll eat it with their salad. It is on the restaurant and abandoned at the wheelhouse in the crow's nest. And I asked Suki the other day, who's the owner, and she says they'll just they'll drink it with anything. They'll have it with chowder. It really is just such a unique wine that, I mean, if you're going to drink cranberry wine, I think whatever you're eating, it's going to be just great with. A lot of people, though, will have it with dessert. Um, it is that Thanksgiving turkey, that ham wine as well. But it, it's, it's, it's very unique, and that's what I tell people. Um, and when they try it, they really end up liking it. And they're, they're quite pleasantly shocked, as am I. I mean, it was a tough, it was a tough project to do, and it's messy. I mean, I remember Chris going, gosh, this cranberry wine, it's messy, and it is. But uh, we did a, a great product, and um, it's very successful, and I owe that to Namas and Chris. Great. So I love that you're connecting across the geography in, in Oregon in so many ways. Can you talk a little bit about, and love to hear from both of you, what makes for a good working relationship between a winery and a, uh, or a crush house and, and a retail uh, beverage operation? What makes for a good partnership with the two of you? Um, I, I think that, you know, Chris is, uh, when you sit down with Chris, he really listens to you. You know, he might go, oh, you know, I don't know about this. And then I'll, and I might change it a whole 360 and he listens to us and uh, he's easy to work with. And uh, he doesn't, you know, we're not, we're not just there for 10, 15 minutes. I mean, he, he, he can spend hours with you. Or he can spend 30 minutes with you. Whatever you need, um, he's willing. They're willing to work with you, and uh, and I, I really appreciate that. It's always been just this comfortable situation, and there's never like, no, we're not doing that. He'll try it, and if he can't figure it out, you know, we might go a different route. But um, it's it's just always been a home run. And Chris, you were quoted as saying this was this was a the cranberry wine at least was a messy wine to make. What from your perspective, uh, you know what what made what makes for a good working relationship? Well, I think it's probably similar with with most businesses, but communication is is super important. You know, especially with wine or wine type products like the cranberry wine. There's a lot of subjectivity that you need to kind of navigate through. Um, you know, everyone has their preferences, including myself. Uh, I can say when she approached me, I hadn't actually tried any cranberry wine ever. And then I was being approached to start making some. 
So, you know, I had to kind of um, lean on Lori and her experience and, and um, not just the flavor profile of, of the cranberry wine, but kind of what she's over after in the big picture. And um, so communicating every detail. And then, like she said, you know, we, we had to take baby steps and, and work together closely on small trial batches and then upscaling from there. Um, so I think patience is one. Uh, fortunately, she wasn't under a real time crunch to make it happen quickly, which was uh, beneficial for us. But ultimately, just really good communication, I think, is the key. Right. And are you planning any new varieties, any any uh, new launches? Yeah, I definitely want to go into a, a fruit line. As, as you know, I would love to do like a cran raspberry, blackberry, huckleberry, um, marionberry, um, things that are, you know, uh, in Oregon, and, and and that's a line that I would like to uh, get out there. But again, it's baby steps. It's it's not uh you know it, it costs a lot of money to do these projects, and uh, so far we've hit a home run. So I, I do look to next year to do some more some you know add some different uh, fruit wines in. We currently do make five other wines other than the cranberry, uh, the grape wines. So the Pinot Gris, the Pinot Noir, the Red Blend, uh, sparkling, and then the port. But fruit wine is definitely something I want to do, and I want to go with that same idea on those original fruit crate labels and create a beautiful wine. I don't know if you saw the cranberry bottle, um, the label, but to me, it's it's just one of the most beautiful things. I I did, and in fact, all of your labels are just, uh, you know, beautiful in terms of um, the artwork and the scenery that they describe. And as someone who's easily persuaded by the label, I think you've got something there. Yeah, well, thank you. And do you distribute on the waterfront wines anywhere else, or are they exclusive to Bandon and to your store? No, currently we just got picked up by all McKay's markets. So there's 11 stores um, throughout the state of Oregon, so we're there. And then there's uh, some boutique stores up in the Salem area called Ross that we're in um, talks with them to get those in their stores. We have them in Carleton, Oregon. We have them in McMinnville, Oregon. So, yeah, we're we're, uh, really going forward with... uh, getting those wines out there for the public. So you've got distribution in stores, and will you ship? We do ship. You do ship. Terrific. So uh, how would one order cranberry wine for this Thanksgiving? Uh, They could just uh, give give us a call on the back of the bottle. It says Farm and Sea on the back of there, and most people just find us. They call us up, and we ship it out. Great. Well, thank you so much for uh, explaining your partnership and the product lines that the two of you have put together, the On the Waterfront wines done by Namas Crush and Fermentation and sold through um, the Beverage Barn in Bandon. This is the ground floor on the Jefferson Exchange. You can find us online at jeffexchange.org or subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening, and thank you so much, uh, Chris and Lori, for being our guest today. You're welcome. Thank you. 